Welcome to the Casual Temple Podcast, and you're listening to episode number 12, and I'm your host, Marilee Duffy. Here at the Casual Temple, we delve into uncharted territories, exploring our profound connection to the spirit world, which empowers us to discover our true selves. If you enjoy our mystical and magical content, like, follow, and review on your preferred podcast platform. Our guest today is Todd Wilcox, whose journey began as a paranormal investigator. He soon realized he was investigating something far beyond the paranormal, energy itself. His book, Slipstream Shaman, unfolds his innovative approach to energy work. I admire Todd's creative approach, embracing guides from beagle pups to aliens, even Bigfoot. Yes, you heard that right. Bigfoot as a spirit guide. Stick around to hear Todd's incredible tales. Welcome to the Casual Temple. This week, my guest is Todd Wilcox, otherwise known as the Slipstream Shaman, uh, who also happened, Slipstream Shaman also happens to be the title of his first book about his own personal experience working with quantum healing energy on himself and his clients. Todd also hosted a paranormal activity podcast called My Side of the Universe, which started in 2016 and recently completed its final episode. Todd, I'm so thrilled to have you here and welcome to the Casual Temple. Thank you, Marilee. I'm excited to be here. I love your preparation. I love how you reached out to me. Uh, By far, the most prepared host that I've ever been around. Such a wonderful compliment. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, you're like uh, stroking my uh, Virgo moon with all of that. So that's wonderful. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we're just going to jump in. You're such a great conversationalist. So we're just going to start at the beginning. So uh, what can you tell me about your earliest memory of a paranormal experience? So as, as a little boy, I would always see things out of the corner of my eye. And, um, and I would tell my parents about it. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what they ended up being here in a minute. But I would see these things. And I tell my parents and they would, you know, either laugh at me or um, play it off or look a little concerned. Or if it was in the holiday season, like around now, uh, they would tell me that that was one of Santa's elves watching me to make sure that I was being good so that I'd get presents from Santa. And, um, and so I was just, I just didn't know what it was, but I kept seeing this, these things out of the corner of my eye, mm-hmm. what they ended up being, um, which I, which I learned later in life, uh, were these things that I call watching men. And what that is, is something that's about six feet tall, pretty big built, uh, looks like it's wearing a helmet or a hat, long cape or a, a duster style coat, something like that. <clears throat> you know, it has a face, but you can't see any details. And they tend to just watch. Some people uh, talk about seeing glowing eyes. I Mm. never have. And I've I've interviewed hundreds of people, you know, in regard to this phenomenon. And only three have ever seen eyes that I've talked to. uh, And they were all retired police officers. So I don't know if there was some kind of connection there or what. Mm. But um, funny, retired retired police officers and people that are in the uh, strongly in the paranormal community. Um, So. I don't know what the connection is there. These things don't scare me and they've never scared me. Uh, as I look back in my life, all the different times I've seen them, I, when I was telling my parents about these things, I, it wasn't because I was afraid. It was just because it was odd and I was curious what it mm-hmm. was. Um, about the same age, I can remember being down in my basement and I had this little rocking horse thing. It wasn't a rocking horse. It was a, it was a plastic horse on springs. Um, there was a spring, two springs in the front, two springs in the back, and it looked like you were riding a horse. 
And I, I loved Westerns and I loved sci-fi as a kid. So I was down there, you know, riding my horse, chasing the bad guys, running from the sheriff, whatever, you know, I was having a great time on the horse. And I would have these things standing around me watching um, as many as 12 watching. And so my earliest thing were those. And then um, later when I was more interested in, in doing investigations, um, I've, I've done a lot of recordings, EVPs, uh, had some unusual pictures, had some scratches, those kind of things, had them interacting with me. Um, so I've had a, a pretty fun paranormal life. Yeah, for sure. There's a, yeah, a lot going on there. I'm like, yeah, like things out of the corner <laughs> of your eye, the watch. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm sure I've been reading paranormal stuff since I was like a preteen. So I'm very familiar with all of the things you just said. It's just so cool that you've experienced quite a bit, a bit of it. Um, and there's there's so many people that have experienced the watching man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My guess would be close to 20 percent, maybe a little yeah. above 20 percent. It's it's amazing how many times I'll bring that up in a group and, and hands start to raise. Yeah. So there, it's one of those things that a lot of people have, have seen. Mm-hmm. I'll just share actually very recently in a dream. I it was a very strange dream. But uh, in the dream, it was uh, my husband and I uh, basically on a on a bus. But we knew like the bus was going to uh, drop into the river, like fall off of a bridge and fall. And it kept repeating over and over again. But every time we would buckle ourselves in, we would be so excited. And I was like observing this, like, why are we excited that we're going to die? That's just like really strange. And then um, I looked and then finally, like my observation looked at the front of the bus and there were two men in like long black coats, like writing stuff down. And I was oh, like, wow. what the hell is this? <laughs> is that? Yeah. Um but pretty much in your book and then like uh, thinking about the watchers and stuff like that, they kind of show up in strange places. So it was very fascinating. <laughs> yes. And, and it's not uncommon people. Many people have said, yes, in my dream, I see them. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, that that's typically not the case for me. It's usually, you know, like right now I might see one uh, or sitting and watching TV. Uh, but when I'm, when I'm meditating, when I'm going to that quantum realm to do healing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that place of energy and spirit many times they come to watch what i'm doing wow uh, it's not at all uncommon for them to come see what i'm doing and as i'm working with people wow yeah so how would you say that uh these experiences when you're uh very young how did they change the way you saw the world or did it not change at all <laughs> i i think it really fired my curiosity i uh i always loved the unusual uh, even as a little boy, I'm like four or five. I can remember sneaking out of bed on Saturday nights, turning on the creature feature at at midnight while my parents were asleep and watching a scary movie um, as a little, little kid. And um, anything science fiction, Star Trek, Lost in Space, uh, any of the other things that were on when I was little back in the 60s, I would watch and I just loved it. So I, I think it really put me on a path where, where those things stood out to me. You know, you, you get an excitement about something and you notice it. Maybe my 10 friends wouldn't have seen the things mm. I did or have the same interest in the sci-fi or the or monsters or in um, alternative healing. I, I was always fascinated by the witch doctors and the voodoo and the medicine man and those things in, in movies and how they could just um, help somebody. Um and as I'm as I'm looking at that, I'm I'm thinking, you know, 
I would rather go to this guy that that like throws chicken bones down and and waves something in front of me than the doctor with this big sharp needle. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that might have been where it all started. That that looked like a much better process than what I was used to. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially as a little kid. Oh, those needles. Absolutely. Yeah. I was terrified of the shots and mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I would fight. It was time to fight when, when the needles came out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember um, when I was three, five years old and uh, my dad was in the military. So it was a military hospital and I was getting a shot and I had, I was screaming so much that I broke the needle out of the, out of the thing. And then um, I was trying to remind my mom of it. I was like, remember when that happened? She's like, that never happened. I was like, wow, you must have been more traumatized than me because <laughs> she blocked it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, nope, that was a horrific experience. <laughs> now, which service was your dad in? Uh, Air Force. Yeah. Air Force. Very yeah. good. My father-in-law was in the Air Force. I was in the oh. Marine Corps. Oh, and, nice. Uh, yeah. Dad was in the Army. So, yeah, we're kind of a military family. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it gets around. (laughs) I know that from reading your book and listening to a lot of your uh, interviews that kind of what kicked off uh, the slipstream shaman part of your life was uh, paranormal investigations. Uh, So what my question is, uh, where did you get or how did you even get started um, uh, participating in those? Yeah, great question. So um, I, I always... Even as a little kid, I, I was I was in the woods looking for Bigfoot. I was staring out my window looking for UFOs. I was peeking in a haunted house trying to catch a ghost. You know, so those they, I I guess my paranormal uh, adventures started you know when I was little little, um, the actually using equipment and and doing those type of things probably started. Uh, around, I want to say around 2000, maybe a little earlier. And I was, I was looking in, in Utah, we have a, an online service um, that one of the TV stations sets up. And I was looking through that um, probably for some wood or something. Um, it's where people get together and sell things and barter and different things. And, and there was an advertisement for uh, people to join a paranormal group. Holy crap. I want to do this. I, I need to be a part of a, a structured event. And so I I uh, sent an email to the person doing that, and a, f- a few weeks later I I met with him and another lady uh, for dinner, and we talked about it. And uh, he ended up offering me a position on the team. And about the same time, he he brought on a couple other people, and the team end, at that point was probably like eight people, but he would only take two of them for each investigation. So there'd be three people going to an investigation and the other five or six, you know, weren't involved. And so I only went on a couple investigations with him. And, and um, on one of them, I met a, a lady named Karen uh, and, and we just hit it off and had a blast. And she, it was like both of our first or second times with this group. And, and we just decided, you know what, we're not doing enough with this group. Let's start our own. And uh, so we did. And, and she was the, the technical side, she liked to buy equipment and, and mess with the equipment. And uh, I, I like to, well, didn't necessarily like to, but I would, I'd be the one that would approach the people about visiting their, their house or establishment mm-hmm. um, as we were getting, getting set up for this. And so um, being an immature, um, you know, 40 year old, I um, 
as we were trying to figure out names for this thing, my I lived in Utah, Karen lived in Idaho, and um, and so I'm trying to we're, we're trying to come up with a name, and so like like Utah and Idaho paranormal, and then my brain says, oh, the initials are U and I P, and so as as somebody that only you know matured to 13, <laughs> I thought that's got to be the name, and so that's that was our name, and and we put it on our shirts and everything, and and we ended up doing about. Well, over 300 investigations. So we were we were quite active for a long time, and um, and then as as we got different jobs and weren't able to do it as much, we we um, didn't go on as many investigations. And we rarely do that anymore. We're both doing different things. I had the radio show and and would do investigations with other groups, and she would do stuff with other groups. Still great friends. Still talk every once in a while, but um, we've kind of th- that team has disbanded but it was a really fun way you know both um i had my kids would were a part of the group uh her sister and her nieces were part of the group so it was a real family thing it was a blast we we really had a good time oh cool uh it sounds so fun and i kind of like that it's kind of easier in a way that it's just the two of you you know uh kind of running the show (laughs) yes Uh. yeah especially that the other one was kind of a cluster um and and one thing I, I wanted to say is mm. she lives in Preston, Idaho. And uh, for the cool people listening, you know that that's where Napoleon Dynamite lived. Uh-huh. And, uh, so right. believe it or not, the house is around Pedro's house. Mm-hmm. We've we've been in about 10 of them doing investigations. That place where Pedro's house was haunted like crazy. Whoa. Um, <laughs> so that that part was pretty neat. Uh, the nerd in me was very excited right. every time I was going to do a an investigation by Pedro's house. I'd always get a picture of me there. Yeah, that's some good uh, movie trivia <laughs> or movie <Absolutely>. correlation. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I know this goes very much into sort of, you know, the Slipstream Shaman, which, oh, my gosh, that's such a great name, by the way. And so how how did you discover this whole technique that you've developed, which is pretty great, I must say. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what happened was, as we when you do paranormal investigations, are you on a paranormal team or have you been a part of that? Mm-mm, no, no. What ha- happens is you a lot of times you end up at the same place um, at, with other groups. And so you might end up at a, at a cemetery or, a, or a, a ghost town or something. You get to know these other groups or you might lead tours in haunted places to help to help. Um, uh, keep the old buildings running. Um, they'll do haunted tours and they bring in paranormal teams. And so you get to know other teams. Hmm. And I got a call from another team. I, I became friends with a lady and, and she called me up and says, hey, we're putting together a group that's going to go out and help people that nobody else can help. And what we want to do is get a really diverse group in there, have have one or two people from various groups and, and just kind of have a super group. I said, what? Well, that sounds like fun. I, I want to help people. Uh, my question is, how are we going to help? What's different? Because maybe we're going to a, a, a haunting or, a, or helping somebody that your team couldn't help or that my team couldn't help or that this other guy's team couldn't help. What, what's going to make us different? And we got talking about how we would um, learn some things. And, you know, it's kind of the obvious lame things. They were, well, let's learn demonology. And I'm like, okay, yeah, go ahead, study demonology. Um, but one of them suggested, what if we got with a shaman and and work with them on energy and and how that could help us. I thought, that's a great idea. And so we bring in a shaman, and she's teaching us how to find our energy. 
And in the book, you know, I, I teach you that, that you start doing a movement like this and you've got some chakras in your palms and you'll feel energy. And when she was doing this, she says, you're going to you're going to see a red light in there. It's going to be a red glow. Well, mine was light blue. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, that's weird. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. And we keep doing it. And she says, and it's going to feel warm. And I'm thinking, no, mine's cold. <laughs> this, I'm doing something really wrong. And so I just, as I'm listening, her experience and my experience were very different. And so um, my personality on a thing like that is not to interrupt them. Mm. Now, you, you put me in a meeting at work that's nonsense. I will interrupt that. But uh you, in a situation like that, she's there to help us. She's there to teach. Um, I'm not going to ruin it for other people that might be getting something out of it. So I, I just, I just was quiet and leaned back and paid attention to what she was doing. When I got home, I started working on it my own without the interference of her describing something completely different and making me think that I was doing it wrong. And so, you know, as I started working on that, I found my energy and I thought, this is great. I can feel the energy. And I thought, well, and again, going back to my science fiction background, I, I thought, well, I'm going to cover myself in it like a suit and, and just have this extra energy, like a force field. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered a book I read where a guy put out some cubes, a science fiction book, put out these cubes that created like a little energy dome over him while he slept. So picture a small tent made of energy to protect him from bugs and animals and different things on this other planet. I thought that, that makes sense. I can make this energy force field thing around me and my friends and, and keep us protected. And then that evolved into, I started making it bigger and bigger and bigger to where it would move outside of a house. So if I was in a house and there was problems, I could expand the energy out and push anything out of the house that shouldn't be there. Kind of like sage, when you sage a house mm -hmm. and things leave, my energy was doing the same kind of thing. And then I would put this force field around the house to keep it from coming back. And that and that was really where it started. And as I was messing with this and, and practicing and and uh, getting better at using it and manipulating the energy, one day I'm working on it, and all of a sudden, instead of just being where I can see my energy and and knowing I'm in my front room, I was in a different place, and it was just clouds, just gray, billowing, misty clouds all around us. Around, around me. And I was thinking, what is this? This is, this is pretty neat. And the more I, the more I meditated, the more I worked with my energy, the easier it got for me to get to that room. And I started, and I don't know what sparked it, but I started inviting things to come see me there. Um, since we were um, helping people that were having haunting problems and, and things in the, and the um, people that we were having trained were, were having us um, manifest things to help us like go to war. So, you know, some people would want Jesus with them. Some would want Archangel, Angel Michael and, and different things to come help us fight these things. And so I thought maybe I need a warrior team. And when I said, I need a warrior team, the mist cleared a little bit. This little beagle comes out. It was it was my dog, Desi, who had passed away several years before. She was there, and I thought, man, if ever you need a first draft choice for a warrior team, it's Desi. Aww. Prettiest little dog you ever saw. Ferocious. She was afraid of nothing. She was super loving to people um, and to dogs once she accepted them. But other than that, stay away, man. If you were a, If you were a snake and you're in her yard, you're done. 
If you were a, a rat, you're done. If, if you were another dog that wasn't invited, you're done. And uh, she was tough and she had this crazy nose. And so we, as I'm building this team, it started off with a bunch of dogs. Then it was an uncle um, that had been through uh, World War II and also Korea and he was a Marine. And and then we had, you know, other things would come in. And when I say we, it's because all these other things are helping me at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that that's how that whole thing started and developed. That quantum room has since evolved um, to, for a while, it, it had a, a hole in it so I could walk out into a, a, um, a meadow, this, this beautiful meadow, and just sit down and enjoy the sun, a little bit of a breeze or as a tree, and, and do the work there. And now I'm out in space. <clears throat> I'm just in deep space. I can feel the energy of the universe coming to me. My my energy has changed from um, this light blue ball. Just and this is really weird. See the energy that I'm that the thing's holding on the book mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, that's what my energy looks like. Wow. And my, the artist that made this book. She didn't know. I didn't tell her about it, but she makes this thing that has my energy on it. It was, it was crazy, and uh, so that's what my my energy looks like now. I don't know if that means that it's better or worse, or just because I'm older, or or just it evolved, or who knows mm-hmm. what. But doesn't matter what color your energy is. Doesn't matter what temperature it is. It's yours. It's like a fingerprint or a snowflake. Every every one of them's different, and and you know just go with it. It's it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the thing that I was really enjoying with your process of reading the book and listening when you've described it. It's just so creative and so like very personal. And in the book, you're very, very, what's the word? Very sensitive about other people having their own way. And I think that's such a great attitude to have. And um, yeah, I really was just, I don't know, it was just really great and wonderful. And I, yeah, it's such an inviting way about you and then about your the method that you do so very great thank you and i I just want people to know that it is a unique experience Mm -hmm. and however it goes is right for them um you know the people i work with their energy all looks different the way they their quantum rooms or anything you can imagine um one guy it's his favorite car that he had in high school Uh, another lady's at a pond another one's on a hillside um, summer in space. One's on the moon. I love that one. Um, I, I would love to visit the moon. Yeah. So yeah, everybody's everybody's quantum room is different, mm-hmm. and it's you know, and like with mine, it just happened. So I didn't have any frame of reference or anything. They are actually thinking about many times. What do I want my quantum room to look like? Mm. So they might be manifesting theirs. I don't know, um, but it doesn't matter because you know whatever they have is what they have, and it's exciting and it's fun. It's it's a joy for me to hear about what their quantum room looks like and what their energy looks like and how it feels. And yeah, it's very, very unique for each person. And and I love that they're able to uh, put that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you, this is something I was thinking about too, like what is the process and everybody has a different process of just dis, like discernment of energy. So what mm-hmm. is sort of your process when you have uh, so much, um, not so much, but you have, like really cool, like creative things coming into your quantum space and your quantum room. Like, do you ever feel like you need to discern if this is like a helpful energy or not? Or how, how do you go about that? That's a really good question. And I, 
I guess I just took it for granted that it would be a positive, you know, my intention, my plan, everything was that this would be positive and mm -hmm. helpful. And so I, I think that's what's come to me each time. Um, and that's, that is something that I talk to people about is making sure you set a, a positive intent. And uh, the first shaman I ever talked to was years before this, this other lady. And I asked, you know, what, what is it you do and, and how do you heal these people? And he says the whole process starts and really ends with their intent. Mm. Um, he helps them set an intent to to get a result. And and you can call it intent. You can call it um, quantum healing. You can call it prayer. Um, it's it's when you get to that place of energy and spirit where you're manipulating that to to get where you want to be. And and yeah, there's probably people that, that don't use it in a in a positive way. Honestly, it didn't cross my mind. It was just I just assumed everybody would want to do these things positive and help. Um, and so it's yeah, it, it wasn't something I ever even thought about until I, you know, I've on a couple of couple interviews, people have brought that up. And and so I, I do spend a little more time now thinking about what my intention is, the positive outcome, the positive energy. Mm -hmm. um, and I've when I when I do the work and, and maybe this will help answer it. So I bring in the warrior. I've got a warrior team and I've got a love team to balance things out. And the warrior team will find things on people. So if somebody asks me for a healing and um, and they and I and invite them into the quantum room. So it's not their physical body. It's it's their it's their energy that comes into the mm. quantum room. It looks like them, but it's just their energy. And it's my energy there. And and we will start doing the work and the warrior team will find things on them that I call a companion. And so there might be a rag wrapped around their heart and the and Desi will pull it out. And we will we will take that rag and, and we're going to we're going to heal it. We're going to give it some cleansing energy to get it ready for healing. And then we send it love energy for the full healing. And it'll change from that nasty rag that we pulled off somebody's heart to maybe some flowers or maybe like, like the first time that I pulled something like that from a person, um, actually a Desi pulled it from that person. It turned into this beautiful little boy with curly uh, kind of golden hair that just looked up at her with a big smile and then walked away. And what these things are companions, these things started out as something positive for us mm -hmm. that over the years we grew out of. So if you can imagine, um, say you're a little boy and you're playing around and you hurt your arm. And and you see on TV the football players and the wrestlers they have they have a band wrapped around their arm you know so you think well maybe that'll help my arm so you tie the band around sure enough that pressure makes it feel better mm -hmm. what happens if you leave that on for a week it might not be helping you anymore right. certainly if you leave that on for a month or a year it's no longer helping you and if you leave it on multiple years it's really hurting you so something that started out positive has grown into something that's holding you back and hurting you. And that's what I call a companion. And that's what most of these things are that we remove from people are companions. Mm -hmm. And I'd say 95% of what we encounter are these things. And so what we're doing is removing them, filling that person with healing energy, then love energy so nothing can go back in because nature abhors a vacuum. Mm -hmm. Healing that companion and releasing its energy back out to the universe to do what it's meant to do and what it loves to do. And so it, everybody wins on that. The next thing that we run into is is a parasite 
And this is something that didn't start with a positive intent. Mm. And this is where I get on my road rage soapbox. So when we're driving and we're getting crazy like I do, and mm-hmm. I'm much better now, but we're sending out such evil, nasty, rotten thoughts, right? I think some of these things attach to people and become a, a parasite and, and suck their energy and cause problems. And that's about four and a half percent of what we encounter are these mm-hmm. parasites. And they they didn't start off with a good intent. And when we when we remove these things and we heal them and give them love so they can really heal, sometimes they change their energy to something good that can go out and be helpful in the universe. Sometimes they just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not able to change to something positive, and they just disappear. And then finally, there's there's another thing that you know you can call it an alien, you can call it a demon. There's some kind of other thing that I don't think ever started off good. I don't know if it if it even is of this world, but these things are a problem. And um, in the book you read, uh, Ron, that triangle-headed mm. alien that was that was attacking him, that's one of those things. I have since run into this thing that I don't even know really how to describe it, but maybe if you took a peach and made it 20 times the size of a sun – and then had billions or trillions of tentacles coming off of it to suck energy from people. Um, That's something that I've just recently found. And I have no idea how I'm going to deal with this thing other than (laughs) separating the tentacles from people and trying to seal them so they can't get back. Um, I don't know what this thing is, but that, you know, those, those are whoppers. And, and I'm hoping that as the slipstream community grows, that, you know, maybe five, 10, 20 of us will get together and figure out what to do with this thing. Mm. Um, and so that's that's another reason that I want to teach people how to do this process and and how to be a part of this community. And, then, and if I may, I just ramble on a little bit more. Please, um, please. The slipstream part came because of, you know, you're in a place of quantum energy. So the slipstream makes sense there. And also the speed and the ease that takes place in a slipstream. So I want people to think about they're they're driving on the freeway and a semi passes them and you feel you feel your car get pushed off to the side and then it gets by you and you get sucked back over where you were. You can actually feel it as it goes by. You can feel that that jet stream. If you get behind that semi and stay with it, say you were going 65, it passes you at 70. You can get behind it in that slipstream, use less gas, use less energy and be going faster than you were because you're drafting in that slip in that um, uh, slipstream. And so that's what the slipstream is all about is finding a way to do it easy and fast without using a lot of your energy. Very cool. Yeah. It's such a cool, like it works so well because it has this modern twist to it. And then um, you always explain it very well of like what that feels like. And it's all about the energy and movement. And that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, and when and when people heal, they they actually feel it moving back, back into their past and mm-hmm. then slingshotting into the future and really feel the difference in their life. So it's yeah, it it works in a lot of different ways. And as I was trying to think of what I was going to call this, as soon as those two words, you know, I knew something shaman. As soon as I I thought slipstream, it was over. It was that's who we were. So. Oh, so cool! Yeah, thank you. I did want to ask, or um, because I love when you talked about the companions, because I've never heard mm-hmm. uh, somebody describe it the way you have, and it's so it makes so much sense. Um, 
uh, about something that was helpful that it's no longer serving you anymore, kind of, you know, new agey talk. I, I wanted to, I don't know, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Feeding Your Demons by Sultram Alioni. I don't know if you've read that I, one. I have not. It sounds familiar, but I have not read that. Yeah. So I'll just quickly uh, synop- synopse it, <laughs> is that it's basically, I think it's Tibetan tradition. Um, you kind of, you as a person or you have a practitioner will find like your own personal demons, right? Or it's basically like, something that is like taking your energy and taking your focus and not doing you any harm, but you person, you personify it, it like takes a form and then you communicate and say, what do you need? And um, so I I just think it's interesting in the book. She doesn't talk about it being something that was positive, but it makes sense that in some cases that could very well have been what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. As, as you're talking about that, Mm -hmm. it, it sounds like her and I are describing the same phenomenon a hundred percent in our own words, obviously, but yeah, it's, it sounds like she's talking about the same thing. I, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to, and it's called feeding your demons. Yes. Feeding your demons. Okay. I will have to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I just wanted to drop that one in. Cause it's, it was, I was seeing so many parallels when I was reading your book that it was very cool. Yeah, for sure. So I know you talked about a little, you kind of mentioned, some a little of the things that have happened when you do healings for your clients or other people is there like a a particular success story that you would like to share yes um and and let me let me just say something when i do these mm. when i do these this work i have a very limited time to make notes or i forget the whole thing um right. it's taking place in that place of spirit and energy and our brain just don't work there the way they do here. And so I don't have a long time to remember things. I have to make notes. The stories that I tell when I'm on these shows, I'm able to tell because I've I've written them down. I've read them. I've, I've said them so many times that now I, I can kind of get back into that place and see it. But, but usually if I, if I do work with somebody, honestly, that, you know, I, I'll, I'll talk to somebody and, and do the work couple of weeks later, we'll talk about something. I'll say, remember when you told me this? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I truly don't. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just, it's not, it's not um, compatible with our brain. Hmm. But the, the one that I'm the most excited about that makes me the happiest, and it's going to lead into something uh, that I'm just starting up to, if that's okay, is um, I, I get the, the wonderful opportunity to work with um, some nurses that that are involved in organ transplants and um they they do just magical work they they're they're part of the process where they're getting the donation organ and also getting it to the the person that needs it and one one evening i get a call from one of these nurses and they said hey we've we've got a, a a young man that's it's going south he got two organs and it's just not holding he's He's in trouble. Can you see if you can help? Um, we're we're going to lose him. And so I immediately went into the quantum room, found this person. And it's it's fairly easy for me to find somebody through someone else's energy. So I was able to go to this nurse's energy and then shoot over to this young man mm-hmm. uh, that had had the surgery. Um, when I would when I get emails asking for for healing work, it it's sometimes hard and I sometimes have to call the people to get some kind of a connection, mm. usually an email is enough, but not always. 
But anyway, I was able to get a very good connection with this young man and, and he looked rough and I didn't use the warrior team. I just surrounded him with the love team that actually the warrior team helped too. They surrounded him and we just fed this young man healing love energy, just filled him, filled him, filled him until he was absolutely, you could just see him standing straighter. His color changed. He was just happy. He was glowing. Some energy was coming off of him. And so we were getting done with him and another little boy walked into the room and this one was pale and, and hard to see and just sad and tired. Hmm. And so we did the same thing. We surrounded this little boy and just started filling him up with, with this love energy. And, and you could almost see, you know, like when, when the telethons would be on and there'd be a thermometer and it would, their, their goal was 30,000 and, and they kept putting in the, the red until it burst out the top. Mm-hmm. Well, it would almost look like that with him as, as we were sending this love energy to him, you could just see it building from his, from his feet all the way up through his body. And then when it came out the top of his head, there was six different streamers, either six or eight. I can't remember for sure now that were coming out of him. And I felt like that those streamers of, of this healing love energy was going to his family. Aww. And this was the donor. This was the little boy that, that had given the organs up and, and he's smiling, he's happy and he's, he's got his energy back. And I, I don't know why, but I said, Hey, can you tell me your name? And, and I'm not going to tell you the the real thing he said. I'm going to, I'm changing it for confidentiality, but he, he says, see, and I said, uh, so see the letter C, Charlie, he's going C, C, uh, Cedric, you know, I'm going through all these C names trying to figure out what his name is. And he just, he laughs at me and he leaves. And, uh, the next day I call the nurse, how's everything? Well, the boy who had received the organs is doing great. He's up, he's walking, he's getting healthy. He he got out two days later. Um, so everything turned around for him. And I'm not saying that that I replaced the doctor. What I think happens with the work I do is that I'm the straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm. Um, I'm that last piece that's needed for the energy to line up for everything to work. What you know, you needed the the, the medicine, you needed the doctors, you needed all that other stuff. But I'm doing that last little piece where his energy's lining up and, and he's healing now. And that's where I see myself fitting in. I, I don't want anybody to think, don't go to the doctors. Don't, you know, <laughs> I, what I'm saying is this is a complimentary to, to what we have available. We have wonderful things available to us. And it's a very nice compliment to that. And sometimes it's just that final straw that tips everything over and makes it work. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think happened. And so I get the great news. The, the little boy that got the organs, he's doing great. He gets out of the hospital a couple of days later. And I said, I know, I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but I couldn't help myself. I asked that the donor came to see me and I asked, what is his name? And he kept telling me, C, C. And so I said, is it Charlie? Is it said, you know, I start naming <laughs> off all these C things again. And the nurse just busts out laughing. And she says, Todd, you need to pay attention. I said, what do you mean? And she said, he told you his name. It's CC. <laughs> oh my God. That's so I'm funny. thinking he's just giving me an initial to make, you know, right. make me work for it. Yeah. But his name's CC. Like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> so um, I was able to make that kind of contact, which, hmm. which people would call associative um, um, remote viewing. 
Um, So there was there was a lot going on there. We did the quantum healing and we did some remote viewing that night. And that was by far my favorite thing that I've ever worked on. I get goosebumps. I've got goosebumps right now thinking about it. I get goosebumps every time I talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that I was a part of of helping um, not only the young man who got the organs to heal and, and go home, but to help the the family oh, yeah. of the donor get better, because that's what he was doing. As soon as he was filled out, he was he was sending out healing love to his family to help them feel better, to get them through the loss of, of him. Yeah. And uh, it was just beautiful. And it was it was the best um, one I've been a part of. Oh, yeah, that's such a good one, too. It kind of oh for me, too. This is such a great story. My little heart goes like, ah. Oh. Yeah, thank you. That's so beautiful, Cece. It's so funny that you, those messages, sometimes you're like, your brain gets in the way and it's like, it's got to be more hard than that. <laughs> yes. And that's why I try not to interpret anything. People say, right. what do you mean there was a rag around my heart? What does that mean? I said, I don't know. And I don't care. It was it's just how it showed itself. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, well, why is it a little boy? I don't have a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just the way the energy showed itself. Um, it might be a rose. It might be a water, you know, a waterfall. It might be a mm-hmm. fish. It's It's been all kinds of things that they've changed into. And it's all, it's been all kinds of things that it started as, you know, maybe a rock or a walnut and, and it changes into a star or a, or a you know, a meadow, you know, it, you, you don't know. And, and I don't try to interpret because mm-hmm. my interpretation is probably not going to line up right. I, right. I had a medium come onto my show, my, my side of the universe and I had a lady on and, and this medium was nailing what, what the message was, right? And destroying the interpretation and would not listen to the person that he was reading. Um, and she was saying, no, that's not what it means. I understand why I'm, I'm being told this, you know, about the, uh, um, he's telling her, well, there's, there's turquoise. I'm getting turquoise. And he says, and that's because it's this month thing. And then he's going on and on. She says, no, it's because he wore a bolo tie that had turquoise on it. And I can see it as you're describing it. His interpretation was taking her out of the whole thing. Mm. And that really drove home to me. Don't interpret. Mm. Um, he had the information right. He he talked about the stuff this lady liked. He talked about the stuff that the person was passing on. He was he was getting everything right, but his interpretation was way off. And so I don't interpret that. That's that's for the the other person to to decide on. Oh, I just I, I can't do it. Um, so um, if if I may, I, yeah. I hate to just keep rambling, but Please. I'm I. I used to, on these shows, I'd say, if you need a healing, let me know. I'll do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am so far behind, I can't oh, make no. that offer anymore. Um, in in the winter of 2022, um, normally when I would do a show like this, I'd get one to maybe 15 people wanting a healing. Hmm. I got thousands. Oh, my God. Um, last November and December. And it continued into january and february i'm literally like five years behind on oh no on these people and ask for healing so i i don't i don't make that offer anymore hmm. um i and, and it's not because now you have to pay i don't i never charge for these i never have and it's i'm afraid that i won't be able to do it anymore if i charge and so it's never been a thing about charging people mm-hmm. but i i can only physically do so many in a day right and i'm so far behind i may never get it but what i'm doing um, I'm starting a new thing and, and it's the, 
I mean, it's still in the in the infancy, but I wanted to let your viewers know about this. It's called Glimmer Tree Kids. A glimmer is something that you that that we all should train ourselves to look for. It's something positive that you see. Mm. So you see something that makes you happy, that makes you laugh. Think about that instead of a trigger, which sets you off on something bad. Look for these glimmers. Um, you might see a a, a rose. Uh, a, a yellow rose in the middle of a red rose and it just makes you feel good you know mm -hmm. or or you see a, a little kid jumping over a fence and laughing who knows what these glimmers are but they're very positive very happy things and and i i i want people to start looking for these instead of responding to triggers um i think we can really be much happier if we if we find more glimmers so this is called glimmer tree kids and the reason the tree is involved is I make rattles. Uh, rattles help us focus our energy. And when I first started doing this, I needed to use a rattle to access the, the warrior team and to access the love team. Mm. I, I grew to where I didn't, and I teach people how you know to do it without using the rattles. But I'm putting together a program where I'm going to send rattles to children who are sick that need um, need some help. And I'm getting that put together. So if there's anybody that knows somebody that needs it, by all means, let me know. I'm hoping by the first part of 2024, I'll be able to send out these rattles. It's going to be free of charge. Um, we'll send the rattles out. Um, I want the kids to collect their own rocks or whatever they want to put in the rattle. There'll be the wood that's already bored out, and there'll be a, a, a dowel in to put in there so they can they can have a rattle and focus their energy. And and where this came from was I worked with a young man, and he uh, he came in just in tears one day. And um, he came up and he was crying. He was giving me a hug and he couldn't speak of, you know, it took him a few minutes to tell me that he had mouth cancer. And he had something bugging him in his mouth, had the oh. dentist look at it. It's cancer, second bout of cancer. Um, and he's going to have to have a big chunk of his mouth taken out. And he's freaking out. Uh -uh. And his, he, um, and so he's going to miss work. It's going to be painful. He's afraid he's going to die. Um and we we put together like a care package for him. Um, he loved wrestling, so we had some wrestling magazines. We you know we had some treats that he liked that he could have before the surgery, and we put just put together a care package for him. And I also made him a rattle, and I knew that he was going to be missing part of his mouth, so I wanted him to focus on the end result. I wanted him to focus on walking out of the hospital healthy, and so on on this rattle that I made for him, I um, I wanted to have like an outline of, of what a mouth would look like biting something. Mm -hmm. And I'm not much of an artist. So to visualize how I'm going to put this on the rattle, I bit my arm and I had teeth marks on my arm. And so I, I was holding the rattle, drawing the teeth marks, what it looked like onto the rattle. And then I burned it and, and gave him this rattle. And I told him, I said, when you're feeling down, when you're hurting, when you really need it, I want you to hold this rattle and shake it. And I want you to think about the day you're walking out of this hospital with the cancer gone and you're feeling great. That's what you think about. You forget about the pain. You forget about the, the other stuff going on and you just think about the end result. Will you do that for me? Yes, I will. A few months later, I see him. He runs up, gives me a giant hug. Then he runs off and he's hugging everybody else. And his mom comes over and gives me a giant hug and said that there were times where she just sat there and watched him and cried because he was in so much pain but he was so focused on being done. He had that rattle and he was shaking it and he was looking at the teeth and he was shaking it and he was doing that. And, and she is convinced that he got out of there 
almost completely whole, almost completely untraumatized mm. because he was so focused on the right end result. Yeah. And that's what I want to do for kids. Um, I want to get them a rattle. I'm going to put together a couple of videos to teach them how to bring their rattle to life, start working the energy, bringing their own energy into it and, um, and, and come out of this strong. And so um, it's called Glimmer Tree Kids. If you, if you go to my website and just send me an email, tell me somebody that you want me to reach out to. I will. Um, uh, if you go to YouTube, uh, slipstream shaman there'll be videos for that there it's for everybody it's free there's no charge for this but i will be sending those kids um rattles to make their own rattle and and build that energy with their family so that them and their family are focused on the right thing that good end result getting out of there healthy and strong mm-hmm. wow that's such a, that is so cool that you put the, put that together and you give somebody it's kind of like you're like you give them a plan you give them a focus it's very simple you know Oh, yes. I love that. I can't but help and but it, think how like in your either your past lives or if you believe in that or whatever, like you must have just have done this. That's why it comes to you so naturally. <laughs> I I hope so. Or I was just such an awful turd that now I have to, to make up for it by doing this. One one of those two things. I'm hoping I was a good guy that helped people and that's where I'm channeling this, but it, you never know. Um yeah, definitely hope so. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Were you going to say something? Oh no, okay. no, I I was done. I, I uh, yeah, I I wish I could I could say yeah, that's that's why, but I'm afraid <laughs> I'm afraid it might be the other. Oh, I mean, there is that too, but, but it's all great for us, us though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great right now, and I'll take yeah. that. And I'll take that. And... Oh, awesome. So I guess uh, not to, I feel like now my, this question is going to bring it down, but, uh, but I did think this was interesting because I actually really liked that in your book that you mentioned when you, when things didn't go right um, and you're very honest about that. And um, yeah, I just, uh, why, I'm sure I know why you wanted to share that, but like, why, what happened and you know, why did you share it in your book? So are you talking about with Ron when I, when I had to smash that alien and. Um... Yeah, I think it was either Ron or there was like the first, I don't know if Ron was the first time you encountered something that you were like, I don't know what to do here, <laughs> but there was. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was Ron. It was yeah, Ron. It okay. was Ron. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what had happened was my friend Ron, and it, that's the only real name you'll see in the book is Ron. <laughs> and, and he, he wants, he wants it known. Um, mm-hmm. Ron, Ron has been an alien abductee. He has seen Bigfoot. He goes ghost hunting. He's he lives the life, um, and he's this big, tough guy, right? He's like six four, um, one of those lanky guys that you, you know that this isn't a guy to mess with. Right. Um, he's a very nice guy, but he has that big appearance. And all of a sudden, he's sick, and his heart's going bad, and he's weak, and he, it's just so off for this guy. And um, and he's just such a wonderful guy. And he's telling me about his heart and, and how it, the the operation of his heart just keeps going down. And and so I, I start doing the work with him and it stops. It, it doesn't get any worse, but it only lasts for a month or two. And then it starts going down again. So we do it again and we do it again. And, and nothing's working. And I don't understand why. And, you know, sometimes you think, well, you, maybe you just can't help everybody with everything. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going through all these thoughts. Um, but he's getting worse and worse. And his heart 
his heart has been running at 13% for about six years now. Wow. He was he was supposed to have passed, you know, well over six years ago. And um, he just keeps and, and he, he gets stronger. His heart doesn't get any better, but he's stronger. He's out mm. walking a little bit now and driving and going out and doing the stuff he loves, taking pictures, um, doing um, um, paranormal investigations. But so I'm doing the work with him. I'm, I'm helping somewhat. And I don't know why I'm not not making this better completely. And, and I'm doing like the fourth or fifth session with him. And he's in the quantum room with me. And all of a sudden, a chunk of the quantum room opens up. The, the mist goes away. And here's this alien looking at me. It's got this big triangle head. And when we look at each other, we're both shocked. And it sends this um, energy, I guess, at me that just knocks me out, knocks me out cold. Um, and I'm I'm in my basement. I have this I have this wonderful room. Um, for the nerds out there listening, I go through a TARDIS door. So I've got a Doctor Who TARDIS that I walk <laughs> through. Um, and then I sit in my Captain Kirk chair to do this work. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've got it all. And, uh, <laughs> and and I wake up in this chair. And I'm, what just happened? And I'm mad, right? I'm a Marine. I, you, don't, you don't knock me out. I'm, I'm going to get you. And so I go back in. Bam, knocks me out again. And I, I call Ron the next day, and I said, Ron, I don't know what happened, man. I'm so sorry. I don't know if you're feeling any better. I don't know if I can help you. Here's what happened. I tell him about the tri triangle-headed alien. He says, Todd, you're serious. It was a triangle-headed alien. Yes. He says, a, a few years ago, I was doing a regression with a hypnotherapist. And during that, he had what's called an ab reaction. Mm -hmm. So he's he's in hypnosis. They're doing the work. And all of a sudden, he just freaks out. He's still in hypnosis, but he's losing it. He's screaming and yelling. He's trying to move away, and he's yelling that there's a triangle head-shaped alien, an alien with a triangle-shaped head trying to kill him. And he just keeps going on and on about this alien. It took him a while to, to get him back. Um, and that happens every once in a while in, in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. you, get a, you get a weird response like that. And so he tells me about it, and, of course, my blood runs cold. And I'm thinking, okay, so... <laughs> there he 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 knew that this thing was trying to get him and it had had a it had a tube hook to ron in his back and i think it was feeding energy off his heart and ruining his heart mm. and and i removed it i did remove it each of those times but it, it still knocked me out well i i tried three times where it knocked me out and then i'm talking to a friend and uh, that's why I love the collaboration. When people are doing energy work, talk to other energy workers, see what they're doing, share, get ideas. And, and this one worker tells me, okay, here's what we're going to do. You've got a love team, right? I said, yeah. And she says, um, what happens every time you go in like a Marine? I get knocked out. She says, okay, we're not doing that anymore. You're going you're to take your love team and work on this thing. I said, well, that makes sense. So... I I go to the I go into my um I get my energy, I go to my quantum room, bring in Ron, we're doing the work, and I surround myself with the love team, and we're just building, 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 building all this love energy. And then I, I make that window open up so I can see that thing again. It sees me and I just blast it with love. And this energy is just blasting into this thing and it hates it. It's screaming, it hurts it, it doesn't want any part of this. And, and that goes on for, you know, what might be 
30 seconds. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Time doesn't really work there. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm my physical body, it's a half hour, but in the quantum room, five minutes mm-hmm. or the opposite. My physical body, five minutes and in the quantum room, an hour, two hours. I never, you know, time is completely different. And um, and when I'm when I'm writing the book and I'm telling these stories, my editor's like, OK, you've got to pick a tense. You can't, you know, because every sentence has all the tense in it. And the reason it is, they're the right words. They're the, they're the correct word to describe what was happening. Mm-hmm. But for anybody that understands English, they're the wrong words. You have to pick a tense. So I would have to pick a tense, change all the words. It didn't read right to me, but it read right to people that weren't in there. Um, so anyway, um, I blast this thing. It closes off. It leaves Ron alone for about six months this time. Leaves him alone. And then he starts getting sick again. And uh, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. Going in the way I've been going in didn't work. The love helped, but it wasn't enough. What do I do? Mm-hmm. So I go to the quantum room and I ask my highest level guides to come to me. And my my highest level guides, and I teach you how to find your guides, um, they're all aliens. Most people have human or religious guides. Mine are aliens. That I don't even know how to describe them. One, I can't even see because it's in a different uh, dimension and it, and it's like flickering. I can't even mm-hmm. see what it looks like. Um, but the, I've, I've got th- four now high level guides and they surrounded me and they told me sit. And so I'm sitting and as I'm sitting they're they're talking, they're, they're just talking. And I don't remember what they're telling me, but as they're, they're talking to me, I can feel myself getting really, really strong. And I'm looking at my arm and my arm's just getting gigantic and my fists are getting big and uh, all, these muscles are just coming out. <laughs> like, like when the guy turns into the Hulk, right? Yeah. It was like that. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm gigantic and, and the power I had, it was insane. And then they just, they got real basic with me. They said, and it was something to the effect of rip, grab, drive, 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 throw up, smash down, squash, you know, something like that. So, and as soon as they said that last word, there he was. I I flew at him, uh, at that alien through the mist. His ship was there. I tore open the ship, grabbed him, and just ran him across the room like I was tackling him, like a linebacker, and smashed him into the wall, slammed him up high like they were saying, threw him down on the ground, started wadding him up into a ball. Wow. Then once once he was incapacitated and couldn't hurt me or Ron, I sent his ship into the sun and watched him and the ship incinerate. And as I'm writing the book, I'm like, do I share this? Um, This is really, really awful. This is violent. This is awful. This is negative. Um, Do I share this? And I decided, yeah, I have to share this because it's the truth. It's, it's my truth. Mm -hmm. And, and while I would much prefer to just, Give somebody healing energy, fill them with love, tra-la-la, off they go. Mm-hmm. This thing wasn't going to have it. Right. I don't think that peach thing I told you about with all the tentacles is going to have it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a fight, I think. Um, so, yeah, that was the only thing I could do to stop this thing from hurting Ron. And who knows who else it was hurting right. as well. And so I I hated that I did it. I hated that I had to do it. And I'm I, I'm trying to be a shaman and heal things, and I do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how it mixed, but I felt like I just had to be honest and tell people, here's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I would do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I had to. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, it, it was ugly and violent mm-hmm. and I wish I didn't have to do that, but that's what I had to do. And, and Ron's still with us. And I, and I yeah. think I'm a big part of that. Um, he, he went into hospice over six years ago and then came out of it and wow. who comes out of hospice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope, you don't, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's your last thing. So, um, again, I think I was that straw that broke the camel's back. I was able to break that energy let him heal himself enough to stay with us. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had to think again, shaman, such a wonderful word because uh, you know, they would do that stuff for people. They would go and like battle those weird energies in the weird realms and take care of it for people. So I don't, you know, so what you're describing yeah. is, is what, you know, they have done historically really. Um, yeah, and I, I truly wanted it to be a more positive thing, of course. More, you know. But when you have to, you have to, and, yeah. and so I, I had to, and I did, and I, I will again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ron's here, so it's well worth yes. it. <laughs> My buddy's still with us. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. So we're kind of wrapping up, but I do want to circle back around because uh, we we started off a little, talking about uh, the watching men. And I'm just yes. curious, what what do you currently think that they are, if you even ha- know at all what, what your opinion is? That's a is? wonderful question. Yeah. <laughs> and I, th- there's, there's a lot of different things. Um, mm-hmm. what, most people I talk to think they're ghosts. I don't think they're ghosts. Um, many people that I talk to think that they're a time traveler of some kind, mm-hmm. which makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, many people think that that they are seeing themselves in their life review. And so you die, you go through that life review and you're standing there watching all this stuff happen. They're thinking that that watching man that they're seeing is them in their life review, seeing that instant in time. Mm-hmm. Um, could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and then people think that it's, that it, that it is us. And and one of the things that leads me to believe that there's some aspect of us in it is is one of the people I interviewed was laying in bed and he sees one on the end of his bed. And and you tend to see these, these things at the end of your bed or in the doorway. Um, and that's, that's where he saw this thing was at the, the foot of his bed, looking at him. And as he was looking at this thing, he had sleep paralysis. He couldn't move, but it just started walking towards him. So it's walking through the bed up through mm-hmm. his body oh. and through the bed. till it's behind him. And as soon as it got behind him, so I guess it would technically have been kind of in the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's behind him as he's laying down. He said his perspective changed from looking up at that to looking down at him, looking mm. down at himself. He yeah. was looking at himself through that thing's eyes. And he heard it say, I am you. Mm. And so he he is convinced that that is him. His spirit, his um, avatar, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. He th- he thinks it is a part of him and, and over the governing spirit that's over him or something. Um, but so it's it's really hard to know what it is. Um, I I tend to fall into the uh, like a dimensional time traveler that's mm. that's a historian or something. I, I don't know. Um, but you know why I had 12 of them watching me ride a horse. I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe I was just having so much fun. And they enjoyed it. I, you know, I don't know what it is. 
Um, But I I don't think it's a ghost. I don't think they're evil. I don't think they're harmful. Hmm. Um, All I've ever felt from them is curiosity. And I've literally seen them hundreds of times. Um, And I've only ever felt curiosity. Now, some people feel absolute terror. um, But most people just feel like they're being watched. Like, like, uh, like, like their dogs watching them from across the room kind of thing. It's, you know, they know something's watching them, but they just don't know what it is. Fascinating. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And now opens up my, (laughs) what, what maybe it is. So that's cool. Exactly. It's, that's one of the fun things about what we do is we don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, why, why does every culture across the world have Bigfoot stories, Mm -hmm. but we've never had a body? Um, You know, where are these things coming from? I've got to believe that there's, there's a reason that they're, that we've seen them, we've interacted with them, but how are they, how are they doing what they're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and my, my thought, and it's the same thing with the watching men is Bigfoot is a trans-dimensional being that can, that can phase out of, uh, out of our reality. Mm-hmm. When I, when I was with another shaman training to get my spirit guides, my spirit animals, the first one that came to me was the elk. Um, and we're, we're, we're walking around this fire and my body's changing. This is ice. We're in ice. It's slippery. It's treacherous. And then we've got a fire and I'm walking around. I'm slipping and sliding. And all of a sudden, I've got great footing. I'm walking different. My chest is puffed out. I'm walking like an elk would, mm-hmm. like a bull elk. And I was no longer sliding. And I'm watching the other people and, and I see how their bodies are changing as, as their spirit animals come to them. And we're walking and walking. And then I lose mine. My, my elk is gone. And I'm I'm freaking out. Everybody's still got theirs and I'm, I'm upset. I'm, why did mine leave? And yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm walking different. And now instead of having my chest puffed out, I'm standing taller. My arms are starting to swing and I'm taking these gigantic strides. And again, I'm not slipping. Well, this time, and so I had a bull elk come to me in the first, I had a female Sasquatch spirit energy come to me for the second. And as I was interacting with her walking and I, and I was no longer slipping, I can remember looking down this ridge of mountains thinking I could be at the very end of what I can see in a second if I wanted to. Um, and I think they just walk through, you know, maybe like what you would call a Mobius door and come mm-hmm. out another one, you know, hundreds of miles away. Um, so I, I think there's some, some things that we don't understand about, about dimensions with mm-hmm. all this, with, with ghosts and everything. Um, sometimes I wonder if the things that we're recording, the EVPs, the electronic voice phenomenon, if we're just not hearing somebody in another dimension right next to us and and the veil's fairly thin Mm. so that sound can come back and forth. Um, I, I, I always have this picture of me on a ghost hunt saying, Hey, are you a ghost? Talk to me. And somebody (laughs) on the other side going, I think I hear a ghost. It wants Uh to talk to me. (laughs) <laughs> and they're yeah. doing the same thing. There's two paranormal groups on different dimensions trying to talk to each other. Love it. So I wonder if something like that's going on. Um, and uh, one one other funny story I'd I'd love to tell you is yeah. I'm on a on a ghost hunt, and we're in a on a Elks Lodge of all things, you know. And uh, Elks Lodge and it has a bar and it has a restaurant and it has this big dance floor. And there was a lot of haunting stuff going on there and we're we're going through it. They weren't open at the time. It was in the afternoon. And I'm on the middle of the dance floor and I'm talking, I'm asking questions and I've got my recorder going. Well, the the next day as I'm listening to this, I hear this 
weird sound and it's a voice and it, and it's saying a word, but I can't, sometimes you hear stuff and you just can't quite pick up what it mm-hmm. says. And so I send it to my team. I said, what, what are you guys hearing? What is this? I even flipped it. Sometimes I'll turn them and run them in reverse and then mm-hmm. I can understand them. Um, but I sent it to everybody and most of them didn't know anything about it. And, and one says, you're being asked to dance in Italian. And so I'm on a dance floor and something is speaking Italian to me, asking me to dance. Wow. Um, so I wish I would have had a, there, there are some microphones and, and uh, recorders now where you can get real time. You can hear the EVPs real time. And so if that would have happened and, and I would have known Italian, I would have, <laughs> I would have certainly said, yes, I can't dance, but yeah, let's, we'll, we'll do a slow circle thing. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that was that was a fun one. Finding out that something was asking me to dance while I was on a dance floor, I thought yeah. that was neat. And <laughs> most of the shows talk about all these, you know, get out! I'm going to kill yeah. you. All these they record. <laughs> By far, the word that we've recorded the most is love. Aww. By far, like hundreds of recordings of the word love. And so, I think there is a lot of good out there. Yeah. Um, my, excuse me, my team sometimes get mad because. They would the recording would be we love Todd and uh, oh yeah it's all about Todd <laughs> just Todd yeah. and uh, but that was that was a lot of fun the word love is is recorded a lot in our EVPs and so you know pass that on let's let's uh, yeah. make sure that, that word's used a lot more I love it <laughs> <laughs> <Good Perfect. job. laughs> oh wow so many great stories and you're so you know, no wonder you had a podcast for so long. Uh, you're great at telling your stories and uh, so great. Um, Thank you. So what are, I'm happy that you shared about the Glimmer Tree or the Glimmer Tree Kids Rattles. That's so cool. It's so, again, so impactful, so simple. Um, I love it. So creative. So what are some other projects that you're working on? I think I heard in a recent interview that you might have some books coming out as well. So what's, um, yeah, I, I put the book on hold for now. There okay. is a part two coming out. Okay. What, what I decided to do instead was uh, create an online course. So I do Ooh. have an online course and you can find that at my slipstreamshaman.com. For some reason, I'm not able to link my other website hmm. to this yet. Something weird's going on. Force me in electronics. I should have known it was going to happen. But yeah, if you go to myslipstreamshaman.com, there's a, a page that'll take you through what the online training is. And there's going to be a series of online courses. I, as I'm talking to people with the book, they, they like the book, they like reading about it, but they really like the interaction. They like this, mm. um, where, where they mm. watch me talking and, and talking about it. And they, they asked me to do it online. So um, we did that. And it's, the next step, the first step is kind of getting everybody um, up to speed on what a slipstream shaman is, how to do the basics. Here's here's what we're doing. The next one is going to go after different traumas, PTSD mm. for um, first responders, for medical people, for, you know, for really everybody. Trauma, yeah. I was just talking to a lady today, trauma is trauma. And uh, and there's a lot of trauma out there. And so it'll be a, a way to release that trauma will be this, the second courses. And I hope to have that in the next couple months. And and there'll be a whole series of, of um, those. And then eventually, I think we'll do another book. But um, overwhelmingly, people wanted to see videos 
and and see this kind of thing instead of read about it. Um, as much as they like having the book to read, they felt like they would get more of it, more out of it doing it through the online. Well, cool. I'm glad that they mm-hmm. said that because I agree. I think that's a great step yeah. for you. Ah, and that's and again, you know, my my purpose. One of the things that that this will do as you do your meditation and you find your quantum room and your and your healing is look for your purpose. What is your life's purpose? Um, what I found, and I wanted to find my purpose for years, and I've talked to so many people on the radio show, and and they've wanted to find their purpose. People are always asking, you know, how do you find your purpose? And I found my purpose, and it was just two words, to help. And I didn't realize it at the time, but if you look back at my life, everything is about to help. Um, you know, I went in the Marines to help. I did this to help. I learned um, hypnosis to help. I learned uh, neuro-linguistic programming to hurt, to help. I went into paranormal investigation to help. It was all about to help. I just didn't make the connection that that was what my purpose was. And so these things are all geared towards me um, finding a way to help the most people possible. And and doing the individual healings isn't that, but teaching um, if I can teach a thousand people how to do those healings, we're way better off than just me doing healings for people. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what I'm looking at is to build a uh, build this into a, a full arm of shamanism and um, to to do things faster. And 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 believe me, one of the things that that I love, I'm a retail manager right now and have been you know pretty much my whole life. But I absolutely get goosebumps when I when I give an assignment to people and I know how I would do it. But I, I give them a big picture. You know, I trust them. I give them a big picture, tell them what we need done, what the end result needs to look at, look like, and then watch what they do. And they do it different than what I would have done. And almost every time it's better. <laughs> you know, they, they come up with a better plan and get a better result. And I'm just so proud of them and happy. Oh. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to with this is as we get people training in this, that they're going to run past me. And I'm going to be learning what they do, mm-hmm. and we're and we're going to build this this community out and really really do nice things for the world. I want to I want to raise our frequency and and get things better. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about uh, the the like the teaching aspect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, you know, because you're you're behind by five years, like you're on your own clients. So gotta train yes. some new folks. Um, I need some help. Yeah, yeah. so definitely. we'll be doing some. I'll be reaching out to those people. I, and if any of you watching this right now sent me an email and I haven't responded, it's not because I forgot about you. I just <laughs> haven't got to you yet, and I'm so sorry. But I'll I will be sending out. What I'm going to do is try to do like 20 people at a time, mm. and we're going to do a polymodella, a mini healing, and we'll do it all on a Zoom call together. And they're gonna they're gonna work on their their stuff and 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 get their energy right. And we're going to do it together. So that'll be a lot of fun. And and that way we can start chipping this down and really um, getting everybody that asks for help, some help. Awesome. I love it. I love how proactive and you have a plan. It's just like, ah, oh, so good. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. I've, I've read a lot of books in just many different spaces. I love reading books. Um, I just feel like you just naturally, you know, just you just naturally like have this system that has already existed elsewhere, but for the way you explain it and the way you practice it, it's just so like you, anybody can do it. And 
help themselves and other people. So thank you so much. And that's the thing. Anybody can. And that's, that's what I want to get across to people is anybody can do this. And I, Mm -hmm. I would love to have more people doing it. I'm not, I'm not holding it. You know, I'm going to, you know, I I want people to do this. This is about making everything better. So, um, and, and if we could, I just, you know, it's, this is the holiday season and maybe somebody will watch this in June or something, but when we're, when we're doing our conversation now, it's the holidays and everybody's stressed out and kind of mean, um, not, not everybody, but there's some, um, what I would like people to remember is when you're at a restaurant, you're in a retail place and you're Mm -hmm. getting frustrated because you're waiting, um, because somebody's not getting something done fast or there's too many people in front of you. Don't get mad at the person that came to work. That's right. <laughs> the reason they're behind is because somebody else didn't. So you're getting mad at the wrong person. You're getting mm-hmm. mad at the one that came and is truly trying to make things right for you. So yeah. maybe give them a little, little break, a little bit of love, a little bit of happiness and, and uh, you know, have a nice, nice holiday season. Just, just give them a break and remember they were the ones that came to work. Oh, Perfect. Well, you already, again, you already knew what I was going to ask before I asked it, because I was going to ask what are some words of wisdom that you would like to leave the audience, but that's perfect. Uh, You know, when we have a great conversation, those (laughs) things happen. You get into the flow and the universe takes over. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Thanks again. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that you wanted to chat with me and we can have this conversation. And um, yeah, you're just a great person to chat with and you have great ideas and I love it. Thank you. You're a wonderful host, the most prepared host I've ever been around. Thank you. <laughs> and I would, you know, if if ever you should want me on again, I would I would be super happy to be back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. A big big thank you to our wonderful guest, Todd Wilcox, the Slipstream Shaman. For more information about Todd, his book Slipstream Shaman, his energy work and the Glimmer Tree Kids project, please check out the show notes. Your support means the world to us. If you found this podcast enjoyable, take a moment to like, comment, and share it with those who will enjoy this content. We are truly grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for being a huge part of the Casual Temple community. 